Time provides perspective. The following was recorded between July and December 2020. Coming to you live from the bottom of a clear blue lake, this is the Ritual of Perspective. My name is Eliana Yoneda. And my name is Hannah Costis. This is a podcast about ways of being and and ways ways of seeing. How, how is your year so far? How How is it compared to what you were envisioning it to be? What did I think 2020 was going to be like? I thought 2020 was going to be my year where I like really started to participate in community and um, figure out what my role was in this community. Because um, in 2019, I moved back to where we currently are, which is the town that I grew up in, um, which is... Do we name it? Are we naming it? We can just name it Unseated Pomo Land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if people want to Google where yeah. that is, yeah. they can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I moved back to Unseated Pomo Land that I grew up on and spent, I spent 2019 in like a self-imposed quarantine almost, like the beginning of 2019 and moving back from Los Angeles, moving away from my partner, living alone for the first time, recognizing that part of the reason that I moved back was so that um, I would have the space and the time to do like some some deeper reflection um, and deeper investigation into like what the fuck's up with my trauma and I felt like being at the at like the scene of the crime would be helpful. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And and I had been coming back for several years before and realizing more and more that like I just have to be near the ocean. And this might come as a surprise to people who aren't from Los Angeles, but it's very easy to live in Los Angeles and never see the ocean. Most people live in Los Angeles and never see the ocean. Yeah. Um, I I thought this was my year after like doing a deep hermit dive. Um, this was going to be my year of being like really intentional about being in community and and I guess in that sense this hasn't like it's not how I pictured being in community. But I have to be really intentional about who I want to be in community community with now and intentional about how we're in community. Like that's really what twenty twenty has like a big shift um, that has occurred. I wouldn't say it's really what, but it that is part of the big shift that has occurred in 2020 is really everyone having to be more intentional about who they're in community with and how they're in community. But otherwise, I, yeah, I in March, I was, I went out for the first time here, like to a bar. And then like a week and a half later, shit like shut all the way down. But it was actually that night that I ran into your partner and started following you on Instagram. So I feel like my one, my one adventure out actually um, was the gateway to one of the best experiences of intentional community that I've I've had in recent years. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm lucky because COVID sent you back to us. <laughs> and that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah, I was back in in my hometown experiencing Los Angeles as an adult person for the first time on my own, though living with a family member. It it was supposed to be temporary, but yeah, I, w- I was out on the town, not not 
like a lot, a lot, because I was working on my first solo exhibition of my work and also applying to college to complete my bachelor degree. So I I was, I was exploring and I don't know, taking chances of seeing what LA would toss at me um, and just being out on the town, which is, it was weird. What it tossed at me was weird. <laughs> what I was there for it. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm here. I'm showing up. Um, and then the rest of it, I was locked away um, working and arting and thinking and doing and as I usually am. LA is one of the first things that we ever talked about, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you were about to leave for LA. Yeah. And um, Hannah would come into the restaurant that I uh, waitressed at, at for brunch pretty pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember you being like, we're... Or you were going to LA and your partner was staying. Mm -hmm. And that's like the opposite situation (laughs) of my partner and I. He's in LA and I was leaving. He was staying in LA and I was leaving or had left. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Home going. Yeah. It was a home going for both of us. And I probably took note of the fact that you were going back to where you were from. Because I had been noticing a trend and like a pattern Uh, Like, I wasn't the only person I knew who was, like, leaving where they had been for a very long time and going somewhere else. So at the beginning of this year, when I was um, thinking about how to be in community more and how I wanted to share what my experience of returning to this community was, I had already been, I'd been toying with the idea of a podcast, but I had just kind of been throwing it at people that I had wanted to talk to um, (laughs) and didn't, and here we are, um, but didn't really have an idea of what it was that I wanted to talk about. I was like, just all of the things that we talk about, people want to hear our conversations. But I had this little blink of a moment where I, um, I put together the pieces of like, oh, all of these people are returning that is something that I actually can talk about. I wanted to start interviewing people who had moved back to their places. Um, so I made a list of people who I had known. And it was like a pretty, like, there was at least six people that I knew personally that had moved back to where they were from. And not just people who had moved back to here also, because that's the thing that happens. And I really wanted to to have this podcast about people who moved home. And that's still something that I prob- I'll probably do. But I feel like what COVID did was change the definition of home. Mm. And I think it did that for a lot of people. Mm. And in that moment where I was like, really like in March, I was like gearing up to do this thing. In that moment, it just didn't feel like the right time to try to have people define what home meant for them while home was so rapidly changing. And like, I think that that's something that we're, we might be ready to talk about like next March um, because we've had some space. But in that moment, there was just like so much grief happening that it wasn't the time. I've never had a stable relationship with home. (laughs) Yeah. my, My home has always been fluctuating. But I think uh, 2020 was really what I was envisioning or like moving towards embodying is being able to be fluid and stable at the same time. Um, Because I'd been traveling and shifting and learning and, and sort of establishing a foundation and, and a, I don't know, 
principles or an identity or a being, you know, as mm-hmm. a young person. But I and I had all this information and and I feel like I had a clearer perspective of myself at the end of 19 2019 to where I wanted to be enacting that knowledge and and adding to it and and acknowledging that I needed to find a place to really put roots mm-hmm. and dig in and and continue my growth, you know, not begin growth, but continue mm-hmm. and and practice and and enact the things that I had been learning and thinking about and and establishing as being important to me. And that <laughs> that obviously changed. Yeah, your definition of home and roots changed with COVID. Tell me more. I didn't start out twenty twenty like I have goals and this is what this year is going to be. And if it's not this, then it's not working. You know, like I think 2020 was about balance more than anything else. You know, it was a, it was about, or it was going to be about. And I feel like this is me looking at it from the perspective of being into it. So I feel like it, it is about this as well, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's not, it hasn't changed, but yeah, balancing sort of intellect and principles, like the things that I had learned morally and sort of found like fundamentally in my being, like what mattered to me and like holding that at the same time as like money (laughs) and capitalism and the structures that I exist in and the oppressions that I have inherited as a black body, as a queer body, as a femme body and all these other, you know, brackets or whatever. So like going to college, applying to college, like re-entering the world of education when I have spent so much time being self-educated, like signing up to be a student felt like a way to move towards um, putting down a foundation and like connecting to other people who are thinking about things in the way that I was, like directing my intellect um, and being able to have other bodies hold me accountable in that way. Um, Showing my work was a big thing that was up for 2020. Um, I think that was really what I was pushing towards is to succeed (laughs) in embodying and like holding um, my creativity and my reality of having to like make a life for myself at the same time and say that that was okay and that it was possible even, you know, to to ask for money in exchange for that, to even feel strong enough to put my things on on the wall and have them be witnessed, to feel like it was an important part of the process. And I don't know, just to be juggling all these little nuances and how they fit together and building on what I had already been building on. I I really wanted to know what it felt like to be in a, in a space that fully like saw me, mm. I think, is what I was aiming for. And that was taking the form of school, was taking the form of going and seeing in LA. You know, it was about representation, like leaving this tiny white place and being like, fuck, I need other folks that I can commune with and grow with and who know more than me and to look like me (laughs) or look like variations of me, you know. Um, I've been maneuvering heteronormative white spaces my entire life. And I really wanted 2020 to not embody that at all. Like I wanted it to to just shift away from the Eurocentric like altogether. And uh, COVID brought me back to the tiny white town that I tried to escape, um, <laughs> which has been interesting. And I'm not I'm not 
fighting that. I actually feel really grateful that I have, grateful and privileged that I have established myself in this community enough to have a place to run away to, you know, to be like, fuck, I'm in LA. There's helicopters everywhere. You know, I might have to walk back to Northern California. Uh, that was a real fear at the beginning of this. <laughs> It, it really I, was. I just yeah. want to validate that. Like, yeah. there was, there were definitely moments of like, oh, martial law is imminent. I mean, my partner's in Los Angeles, so I, I feel you deeply. Yeah, I'm sure you were having similar conversations and, of yeah. like, well, what do we do? You know? Having and also having read Parable of the Sower like twice before this even <laughs> happened, I was like, yeah, we're just you're gonna have to walk. It, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just kicked into survival mode. I was like, mm-hmm. yep, okay. I have all this stuff that I was doing, but now, uh, you know, as life does, this is not what I'm doing anymore. So I have to shift through. I actually think I made that shift so quickly that it made other people uncomfortable. Like my, the rest of my family was like, don't give up on your dreams. Like college is still real. And I was like, eh. It kind of feels like it's all falling apart. And if I'm really honest about it, like, I don't know that that is the vision of college that I had. And I don't know that at 26, it's worth sacrificing that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and now colleges have begun, and we're seeing that you were correct. Yeah, people are being sent home. Yeah. They are being sent home. And, and as as an art major, it would be, I would imagine, very difficult to do remote learning. Did you know that you weren't going to go to school from the jump? I still didn't know if I had gotten into school. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't even gotten accepted, so I didn't. It was up in the air. It was just kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. And I think to my family, it was the last flavor of normality. Like it was something that was giving them joy, a mix all of this other stuff. So Mm -hmm. I was definitely still talking about it with them. Like, yeah, we'll get, you know, like I got into college and it was like something I could offer my family of like, yeah, I got accepted to school. And they were like, cool, things will be good again. And like I was saying that, but in the back of my mind, like knowing who our president is, you know, being truthful about the actual circumstances of our society and knowing exactly what it feels like to live as a marginalized body in that world, like... It re it resurfaced all of the things that I already knew about how badly our system mm-hmm. works yeah. and functions and like all of the the weighing that I had already been doing of like is paying this much money to go get a degree actually important? Like it took me seven years to go back to school, you know, mm-hmm. like almost an entire new being for me to be like, yeah, that might be worth my time. And I had still sort of fandangled that as like. You know, I'm a black person and I deserve intellect and I deserve access and I have the privilege to like do that. I'm going to work this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go in these places and ask the hard questions and insert myself in the narrative. And that will be my responsibility. Like that is something that I can contribute from the position that I actually occupy in terms of my class and my cast and how they interact. But by the time... Yeah, you just start hearing, like, the way that it's actually affecting our world, and it it very quickly was like, "Mm." I don't, even if it's a possibility, even if I can afford to go, even if it's not, 
even if nothing about college changes at all, that is a problem for me. That is a problem mm-hmm. that this pandemic could be happening, that Black people are dying at an exponential rate, you know, that people are taking to the streets out of frustration. Like, I'm going to go pay to go sit in a place to go learn something, to go be on the sidelines, to, like, maybe get somewhere to, like, offer something to the world. Like, yeah, it, to it, function within capitalist, like, within capitalism and within this idea that you have to check these boxes to in order to be legitimized and or in order to exist. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea that that's, like, that's going to continue to be normal. That's going to be continu- continue to be how we prove that we exist and right. that we we deserve to exist is within that framework. And that framework has been completely mm-hmm. kind of demolished. Yeah, um, it, it was painful to experience the way that college was re- refocusing itself mm-hmm. and like shifting its narrative around what it was as an institution through the pandemic. Like, initially, they didn't want to acknowledge it at all. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is the wrong way to get me, particularly, to feel like this is a place where I'm going to learn mm-hmm. anything at all. Like, we have massive changes going on around us. Like, these are the, you know, the highest institutions available in the world, and they're supposed to offer me, like, the utmost in terms of art and mm-hmm. and higher things or whatever, and we're not going to even acknowledge that, like, these massive political, the, the shit that I'm supposed to be responding to as an artist, the things that I that I actually want to reflect on and offer and change and, and, like, grow, like, in art school isn't even thinking about. Yeah, that's, like, the all. things that are actually happening in the world. Yeah, we're not going to shift that or reflect it or, like, put it in our classes. Prioritize or like, it. Uh, no, yeah. it, it felt really, really wrong that that was the way that it was being dealt with. It doesn't feel like this was like a great time to invest in an institution. For me personally, no. It might feel that way for other people. One of the reasons I felt capable of even going back and traversing something that I don't believe in, really, is because I felt like I had been out of it long enough that I wasn't going to be brainwashed. (laughs) Like I had Mm. enough of my own purpose and enough of my own like I was seeking my own pleasure, you know, I was mm-hmm. seeking my own like my own gratification through like exerting love and like putting that out in the world. And I felt like I could walk into those spaces and like hold on to myself and, and like work them, mm-hmm. like execute them in a way to where I could get what I needed out of it. Maybe not necessarily what they were trying to teach me out of it, because mm-hmm. I I mean, I've, I've been a working art like I've been doing my thing. Like, I've been out in the world. I know what I can accomplish on my own. And I felt like, well, what what does that look like when I got all the tools and mm-hmm. all the minds and the people, like, right there Yeah, to do it alongside? I mean, yeah, I've, I jumped ship a year into college because I was like, oh, this is... I have, I'm accumulating loans. I feel like I'm being lied to. <laughs> and... <laughs> Why? Why does this matter again? Like, I'm I'm supposed to be an artist. Like, why does this matter again? I don't know. I got to go out in the world and figure it out. So I went out in the world and figured it out and was like, okay, I want some more information now. But I guess the universe had bigger things in mind because I have been shifted away yeah. from all of that Yeah. Uh, again and again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been a year of disruptions. Like, everything that... Um that anybody had planned for this year got disrupted. And it's been a year of adaptations and adapting and changing at different rates of speed. Like, I feel like, yeah, everything's been moving at really fast and really slow 
all at the same time. And I feel like one of the things that has come from this is recognizing that like, yeah, I had all those plans for for 2020 that um, did not include a pandemic and a quarantine or like anything, but they're coming into fruition in like different ways. Mm. Um, like I do feel, like I said earlier, that I've I've found a way to create intentional community, even in, in a more a more like pointed way than I've ever had to before, because I have to be really specific about who has a priority in my life Mm -hmm. and what that means. Mm -hmm. And even with the podcast now being, taking this shape, I feel like this podcast is the mirror of of the original one. Instead of looking back on on a home, being like really present with what is home. Mm -hmm. And in the the time that we've spent even talking about this, um, like maybe creating this, because of course I came to you after one conversation and was like... (laughs) Hey, that was a good conversation. Um, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I feel like what that conversation was for me was a different kind of disruption than what had already been happening in in the world because it felt like I had I had no control over that. But this felt some, like something that I could choose, and I didn't have control over the fact that we had a good conversation, but it felt like something empowering within all of this like whiplash of news and constant constant upheavals and and new dimensions and portals being opened and and police and riot gear walking out you know like just fucking insane shit has been happening this year and this relationship and these conversations taking the shape of a podcast feels like a way to kind of disrupt that narrative and show how how medicinal. I mean, you were the one who who were talking who was talking about um, having this podcast be a form of medicine, and that's really what it is. It's like the medicine of um, the medicine of conversation, and the medicine of sitting down and thinking about like, whoa, my year has not been what I thought it was going to be at all. I'm not where I thought I was going to be. My head is not in the same place as it was even a month ago. Because time is moving at this like crazy accelerated rate. And we're all in this the midst of this huge evolution where we're figuring out what it means to be home, what it means to be American, what it means to live in a pandemic, what it means to observe the world from our own perspectives and realizing that they're just our perspectives. Um, and to me, having these conversations where we kind of contextualize what, what we're bringing to this as, as witnesses, and there's something, um, revolutionary about conversations at this point in time, about sitting in the same room as someone and consensually sharing oxygen Mm. with someone isn't something that should be taken lightly and making this choice because we know that it's what we need to do and it's going to be however it ends up, whatever it ends up happening, it, this has been a medicinal process. Mm. Yeah, I just hope that it can 
can do that for listeners as well and create a space for other people to get engaged in in conversations that um, they might not already be having or they are and they just want validation that other people are thinking about it Mm. because it can be lonely sitting around in your head all the time. You and I are really good at it. We sit around (laughs) in our heads all the time. I've never in my life met someone who actually is better at sitting around and being in their head because she actually doesn't have internet at her house. Like, if I didn't have internet, oh, I mean, I'd probably get a lot more done, but, like, I can't imagine how how many thoughts I would have. <laughs> well, you can meditate for 40 minutes, mm-hmm. so. That's, that's, you're there, you're doing that. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's not, it's not, um, it's a learning process, but isn't everything. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what it is. Process, practice, mm-hmm. perspective. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we're here for. Um <laughs> Yeah. But that, I mean, that's part of it is that we've both been doing the reflection personally. And I feel like I wouldn't, there was a point where I wasn't capable of having Mm -hmm. this conversation. It wasn't that I I couldn't traverse these topics, but like the vulnerability to really do the work next to somebody else and let somebody else be vulnerable next to you and like work in tandem with somebody and feel strength and positivity and like that I can rise to that is because I've done the work on my own to get myself to that point um, to feel comfortable enough to like fail next to another person. <laughs> and I, it, the the universe definitely facilitated us meeting each other at a moment where we were ready to have that or we yes. needed to have that or like, um, yeah, that was just really what the next step was. Um I think that's why I said yes, ultimately, Mm -hmm. is like, out of all the shit that's happening in the world, out of all the things we have in common, like, you know, just that this is your hometown and LA was, whatever, the crossover, the whole, the whole shebang is just, I don't know, when, when you're practicing reading, reading the ways of the world, you know, that sounds like a clear communication to me. It felt like something I couldn't ignore. And that was important to to feel through and just see what happens, you know? I, we, I think we've talked before about the fact that we were both in LA on New Year's Eve this year. And I think that that's <laughs> like a fun observation to end with is that mm. um, we both were in LA at the beginning of 2020 and now we're both here and we didn't even have each other's numbers then. Yeah. This, this relationship has um, evolved at the same rate as 2020. <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like one of the things that has been cut out because of COVID is just bullshit Mm -hmm. like I don't have time Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't have time yeah and I feel like the human beings that I really want to engage with it's like I'm just gonna offer them the most authentic version of myself possible and if they get on board then fucking sick we can just do that quickly and at a speed that is like organic and not weird and superficial mm-hmm. and if not then like fine I'll, I'll be yeah. somewhere else like in the woods in my own head whatever with my partner with my dog um with whoever I hope that it spreads to more than just one person but like it it doesn't I don't feel like I need to play any kind of game whatever game that there was like, yeah that, that, that didn't really exist for me so there's no reason to play a game anymore it's not worth it there's who are we trying to impress Mm-mm. yeah it's time to do the work it's time to just show up mm-hmm. 
And yeah. I've, that's what that's what we're trying to do here. <laughs> so if you want to show up with us, yeah, you're more than welcome. We're here for it. Yay! We invite you to the ritual perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Our sick beats are made by Jay. And our cover art is made by the amazing Monica Connelo. We get production help from Dayron at Grieving Daily Productions. And super skilled clipping by Eliana Yoneda. Subscribe, like, tune in bi-weekly. Watch for the drops. <laughs> I could be the blooper reel. At the end. <laughs> Instead, because we don't have a bunch of producers to thank, we just do a blooper. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, fucking. <laughs> and now, some bloopers. Showing my work mm-hmm. um, was really big in that regard. Of like, you're gonna have to say that again. My stomach just growled, and I can hear it on the mic. <laughs> do you need a snack? Do you bring a snack? I didn't bring a snack. Oh. Okay. We can. We can pause for snacks. I feel like at the end of all of these, I just, like, send it off with, like, that felt great, but I have no idea what we just did at all. Like, I can't even remember, like, what we connected. I'm just so present. I'm just so present. (laughs) I can't remember. Five minutes ago.